Hello again, everyone. It is Andrea with the Profitable Practice Podcast, and we have another wonderful interview for you. Now, Priya Prakash has been um, a colleague of mine since naturopathic school. We graduated the same time, and she has always had this beautiful entrepreneurial spirit, and I've really watched as her business has grown. She has created Smart ND, so she's created her own sort of online software with her husband. She has a child. So that's really why I wanted to bring her onto the show is to have a really frank discussion around blocking your schedule properly so you can balance life and running a business. And that's not to say that work-life balance exists because usually something has to give, but you need to have some sort of a balance between the two. If you're 100% into your business, of course your family is going to miss you and you're not going to be as involved with them. If you're 100 into your family, then you're not going to be as successful um, in the business. So we really dive into a lot of the blocking and how to really make sure that when you you are working, you're 100% focused on working. When you're at home, you're 100% focused on your family. And with that being said, I've actually created a download for you that helps you kind of create your beast mode time, if you will. So if you go to my website, maximizebusiness.ca forward slash beast mode, you can download that free worksheet and it helps you kind of map out how you can block your schedule so that during certain periods of time, you're creating, you're working on the business, you're not getting caught up in the admin, you're not doing your emails, you're not doing your phone calls, but this is just about you developing and taking action on your business and holding true to that time. So one more time, that's maximizedbusiness.ca forward slash beast mode. And without further ado, let's get to Priya. So Priya is basically the definition of a multipreneur. She has had an entrepreneurial spirit during naturopathic school as the founder of Shanti Tea, and it has only grown since. And what I mean by that is her entrepreneurial spirit has only grown since. So along with running a practice now, she's also a mama and a mama-to-be and the co-founder of SmartND, which is a cloud-based EMR system. Priya and her hubby are true partners in life and in business. All of Priya's businesses are created with her husband by her side as a partner. They started off with no money and no business background, and together they have created a wonderful life together. So thank you so much, Priya, for being on the show today. Well, thank you. I'm thrilled uh, that you're having me here. Now, we have to know a little bit more about sort of your story and what kind of really got you into even thinking about running a business, let alone starting a business while you were in school. <laughs> so the the entrepreneurial kind of spirit, uh, it's a little bit of both of us, you know. So I never imagined in my life that I'd be in business. That was never something that I had set out to do. Uh, I knew that I wanted to be a doctor and then discovered naturopathic medicine. And that was really my goal from the beginning. It was all about medicine. I did not ever have a business hat. Uh, but the one thing that I did know right from you know a young age is that I never wanted to work for someone. You know, I had had jobs and you know I had s- several different uh, employers, things like that, just like all of us have in our teens and you know twenties, that kind of thing. And 
it just never sat well with me. So I always knew, you know, at least being a naturopathic doctor, and that was not the reason that I went into it, but, uh, you know, I knew that I, I am my own boss and I can do what I want, how I want to do it. So that was my spirit coming into it. But running other businesses, never in my mind. My husband, on the other hand, his you know, kind of actual training uh, is in architecture and engineering, things like that, and computer-related stuff. Um, and But since childhood, he has always had that entrepreneurial, like, I want to run a business, right? So right from, you know, probably a lemonade stand when he was a little child to, like, all kinds of little businesses. He used to build furniture and sell it. He used to... Um, you know, all kinds of little silly businesses as a teenager, as a child, as a teenager, and growing up, but none of them really took, you know, none, none of them really stuck out. Um, and so, but, you know, that never stopped him. Uh, it, and that's the thing about being an entrepreneur is that you try all these different ideas and most of them will fail. Um, he had, he's, he's a really great carpenter and he started, he had this little business uh, making wooden jewelry. Uh, and it was great, beautiful jewelry, like amazing jewelry. Um, did it take off? No, absolutely not. Could it have? Probably. But, you know, it wasn't his passion. It, you know, it just sort of sat there. Uh, in second year of <clears throat> when we were in naturopathic college, uh, sort of when we were studying for NPLEX, um, I don't, you know, honestly, it was just a, a kind of funny story how he got, a strange story how he got into it. It was very random and he uh, somehow got interested in tea and I was always uh, a tea fanatic. I was always, you know, drinking tea, talking about it, that type of thing. And he just kind of came up to me with this idea of, you know what, we should really build a business out of this. And I'm like, are you crazy? And he started just kind of going into it. But the more I realized the feasibility of this, because there wasn't what we were trying to build, there wasn't anything like that in Canada, uh, a kind of a supplier of organic teas. There weren't as many. Um, so I went along with it and we put two and two together, all of our expertise, and we just started it. Um, it actually started as this small, tiny little thing in our apartment that we were renting. Um, and, you know, I never imagined how it would grow. You know, today we have uh, a warehouse, we have staff, we have management, we have, you know, and we're supplying all across North America. Uh, we have clients that are supplying all across the world, actually. And it just, you know, it grew from there and we did not have any business experience. We made so many mistakes. <laughs> I We didn't know anything. And, you know, part of what I learned was from our business class in school. You're kidding, but, because no, I, I think, think everyone would disagree with you that they learned anything from the business class at school. But for me, <laughs> I really paid attention. Like I actually found that there were a lot of valuable aspects to it. So I think it's great that you're bringing that up because uh, absolutely right uh, attention, I was like, like all the should, uh, really get our accounting and everything set up here properly and not just you know go go um kind of by the fly so uh i took to heart some of that stuff and learned early on how to actually put that into practice so that by the time i started my actual practice I had a lot of experience in what does not work and what has failed and how I don't want to make those mistakes again. Uh, and that's it. It's just it's making mistakes, failing, learning from them, and picking it up and doing it differently the next time. 
So let's let's elaborate a little bit on that because I find at least for myself, I, I know we love hearing the success stories. And I mean, your tea business is not just a little mom and pop tea business. Like you are Canada's largest distributor of organic teas, are you not? Yeah, of exclusively organic teas. Yes, right. absolutely. And, and you know, I never imagined that it would become that. Yeah, of course. But of course, getting there couldn't have been like an easy path. And then, I mean, doing all of this while you're studying for NPLEX 1, I think is a crazy idea as well. But you just kind of roll with it, right? You just go with what happens. Yeah. So from an entrepreneurial perspective, whether it's a practice or whether it's starting a business, there's always things that you're going to learn the hard way in the beginning. And then, of course, it gets easier afterwards. So what were some of those few little hiccups that you found, whether it's with the tea, whether it was starting your practice, that you're like, oh, you know, I'm so glad that I learned, but this is what mm-hmm. I should have been doing? Oh, gosh, you know, when you <laughs> that question kind of, there's an overwhelming number of mistakes that come flooding <laughs> because we have so many business, like multiple businesses, of kind of four entities. Uh, there are many, many things. So it's hard to just pick kind of, you know, one. Um, but uh, one of the main things that we kind of learned is that you really need to put systems into place, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, systems could be, um, you know, the way, like, Something as simple as your bookkeeping and accounting, right? Um, you know, if you don't do that and set that up properly at the beginning, uh, and because a lot of us tend to procrastinate and we, we kind of just go into it and we procrastinate and, you know, we're not setting things up properly at the beginning uh, or delegating certain things because yes. we might not be good at it. We might not have any clue how to do that, right? Uh, and, you know, you learn the hard way because you realize just how disorganized your money is or disorganized your marketing strategies are or you know whatever it may be is learning those systems and putting them into place uh, was a huge learning curve from for us right and uh, the bigger and bigger our business got the more and more we realized wow we are in over our heads and we will crumble if we don't put something into place right mm-hmm. meaning you know when you're managing a team of staff uh, you might have, you know, certain kind of employees all the way from packing tea to people that are working more on upper level management sure. uh, and there's turnover of employees. And so not having those systems really nearly almost kind of killed our business. Right. And so we kind of re-strategized everything. We um learned a lot from other people and other business, uh, people that are successful in business. I had a business coach um, for some time early on, uh, sort of when I started my practice in 2011. And I learned so much from that. And I realized, you know what, we're doing it all wrong. We need to stop. We need to take a step back. And we need to put certain systems into place before this whole thing falls apart. And it's hard because you get trapped because you're so busy Right. When you start this business, you're so busy because you have this and that to do. Uh, But and it was a hard lesson that we had to just kind of say, you know what, we're putting a hold on all of this and we need to rethink how we're doing this and kind of focusing, uh, focusing in on what is most important. And what's not, and letting go of what's not important, what's not working, mm-hmm. right? If there are some marketing strategies that are not working for you, drop it. 
Yes. Right? It's our products that are not selling. As much as you might love those products, drop it. Right? Um, so we streamlined and we streamlined and we delegated. Right? Um, the other trap that you fall into is the financial trap of, you know, I can't afford this. Uh, so, for example, having a bookkeeper and a, an accountant, right. right? We used to do everything on our own. That was one of the biggest mistakes. <laughs> uh, and some people might be great at it, right? Yes. Um, but it's either, you know, you're really good at it, but you don't have the time to really put into it, or you're terrible at it, and, you know, you just shouldn't be doing yeah. it. And so, you know, when, we have, when you have multiple businesses... The, the bill for the accountant is it's huge it's massive you look at that number or the quote that you get and you're like oh gosh I can't I can't afford this I don't have this money but we realized that we couldn't afford not to right right and so we put those systems into place and delegated and hired staff even though we didn't have the money for it we, we took a risk right yes of course. Uh, and made more money as a result because our time was then put to Better use. Better use. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I am completely and 100% on board with everything that you're saying, even within my own practice. And and I've been talking to new grads and I've been coaching with them. And that is sort of the biggest hangup is as a new graduate, you want the patient retention. But without a system in place to get them back in and what happens if you lose track of them, what's your system to call Mm -hmm. them back or, you know, so you've completed the initial chief concern, what is your system then to keep them coming back in over the course of a year? All of those are systems as well as the administrative stuff, as well as the invoicing, the, um, the billing, all of that are systems. So with what you've learned, what would you say really helped to implement your practice when you first started, if you can remember, with regards to systems that maybe you didn't have a place and you do now, but you were just like, this helps things streamline so much easier so that I can manage my practice, see patients, and you don't have to think so much because that's the best part about (laughs) systematic um, yes. Mechanisms, yeah. right? Is it takes away a lot of the remembering and the guessing and things like that. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, I put systems into place regarding my uh, everything from, for example, scheduling people in and when to call them back, when, you know, reminders of, okay, this person needs to come in for a follow up at this time, but I'm not going to remember that, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, putting in systems, that that is a huge part of patient retention is that some people just uh, want to come back, but they might not have a reminder that they need to book in at this time, right? And so they might, if you don't have that booking when they leave, well, at least there's a system in place that reminds you, you need to follow up with them, yes. um, you know, constantly. So that was a, a, a big thing. And actually that ties into one of the main reasons that I started uh, the software smart ND uh, is because I was kind of crumbling with managing everything in my practice and services and everything and you know I was using another program and it just it just wasn't working for me it wasn't things weren't automated enough and uh, you know the story goes that I was literally sitting in my living room I had you know it was just so overwhelmed and I was kind of yelling at my computer and I kind of looked at my husband and said can't you just build me something, right? Because he had a programming background. And, you know, we looked at each other and, 
And he said, well, yeah, but let's do this. Like, let's actually do this and put this out there. Uh, and so a lot of those systems are, you know, being implemented so that it automates everything. And there are places uh, for you to remind yourself that, uh, you know, this person's lab work is coming back. You need to follow up with them, right? Mm -hmm. um, little reminders of all kinds of things, but it's all automated and it's systematized, so it, it takes the get it takes the work away from it, right? Uh, yeah. And I have um, colleagues. I will be completely honest with you, Priya. I am so old school when it comes to <laughs> charting, so I'm still doing it pen to paper. But I have colleagues that are using your smart ND software, and she was just telling me, she's like, I can't believe that it does this, and I can't believe that I just put in acupuncture points, and they tell me what other acupuncture points I should think about. Like, your system is so intuitive, and what makes it intuitive is that you are an ND creating a system for NDs. There's a whole difference between people that create software that they think NDs would like versus someone who's in the trenches and you're like this is what Absolutely. works for me every little decision that was made uh stemmed from something about my practice about how I was practicing that bothered me yeah. that you know that I was failing in right like I, I you know um I've had times where I've had admin staff do everything for me uh, and times where I haven't, right? And when you don't have a receptionist or admin staff kind of keeping track of all of that stuff, you it's very difficult for you to manage everything and still have a life, right? So all of those little things of uh, were just ideas that, you know, wouldn't it be cool if, wouldn't it be nice if, wouldn't it make my life so much easier if we had something like this? And that's why we developed those various features, right? Now, how is developing these businesses as well as running a practice and then including being a, a family like as well because you're working alongside your husband which yeah. not everybody could do you were <laughs> pregnant at the time that um smart nd launched okay. yes yep yeah. and now you have your son yeah right so, busy, busy toddler. <laughs> right so let's talk about the life work balance now that you've had to implement because you said yourself you have what three different businesses that are kind of running right now your clinic the tea the smart nd yeah exactly yeah and you and have to be of, the clinic is sort of almost a separate entity from my perspective running a multidisciplinary clinic than my own practice right mm -hmm. so almost like four kind of things that i'm running uh and yes that by far has been uh my biggest struggle that I'm constantly striving for right from the beginning it was not easy running this tea like at the time we just had the tea business and uh, I was starting my practice and I thought that was busy at the time <laughs> I didn't have children right uh, but yet you know we were just running ourselves ragged uh, and sometimes you know what that is necessary Sometimes when you're when you're starting off, um, you know there isn't any magic thing aside from hard work and busting your butt mm -hmm. that will get you out there. Uh, and you know I think you've said it in previous podcasts, and I think probably every business coach, everyone experienced in business will say this: is that you know it, it doesn't just come easy, right? Uh, you need to work your butt off, and that is much easier when you don't have children, right? As I'm sure you've experienced. Um, 
not to say that it's impossible, but uh, the focus uh, is just segmented. That's the biggest thing. Right. So I always tell uh, anyone who, you know, comes in preceptors with me, get all this stuff done before you have kids. Right. Uh, but yes, it, it was absolutely a struggle, and that's one of the main reasons that I uh, started working with a business coach, right? And uh, that is another thing that people will look at it and say, wow, that's a lot of money, yep. right? Uh, but it is one of the most important things to look to people who have success, who have been there, who have done that, and who are kind of at the top already, managing all these things and uh, and being successful at the work-life balance, right? So I found a very specific business coach. It wasn't just, it, it has right. to be right for you. Um, and she was a business coach that was a woman that had three kids, that had three businesses, that did it all and was kind of t- trying to train people on how to manage that and still have a life and be present for your children. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I took some courses in that. And, you know, and, and it took a lot of uh, kind of changing things, restructuring things and learning that I cannot do it all. Right. Uh, you know, and I did do it all. I, I did bust my butt for a long time. And that's how I grew my practice. And I swear to you, that was my success is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I did, you know, we did not have money. Right. And it's not like my husband had a job or anything. Right. We're both in business. We didn't. Right. Have uh, so there was a, a certain degree of fire under us that if we need to eat and pay rent, <laughs> I we need to go out and get our clients, right? Yes. And so that was my drive at the beginning is I there is no choice of we need to make money and we need to get out there. Uh, but later on when it, there was a little bit more steadiness, I realized I can't sustain this for much longer. Yes. You know, like it isn't a healthy lifestyle. Uh, I'm not, I'm trying to practice what I preach, I'm, you know, but there were always some sacrifices, right? Yes. Like maybe I was sleeping well and eating well, but the exercise piece dropped, right? Mm-hmm. Or it could have been the opposite. So there was always some little part that, you know, didn't work out. And it was really through working with this business coach and learning systems, right? Mm-hmm. Putting those systems into place. Yep. And delegating, right? As much as you think that it's scary to pay someone all this money to do this and to do that and get staff and uh, hire people and spend more money, uh, it actually, the return is quite significant. And uh, we would not be able to run for businesses and have a child and a second one soon without all of this. It, it right. would be possible, right? Uh, so every year, I feel like I'm getting one step closer to that Yes. balance right and yeah. do you um, have anything that are sort of like hard limits like I will not let this happen when it comes to my personal life for instance I will not miss putting my child to bed I will not miss so many dinners like you have to set those up too right yes. and yes. schedule them in and say these are the days that I'm not going to do any work so for me Friday predominantly when I watch Aria those are my free days I don't want to hustle I don't want to work hard I just want to play and take a nap and absolutely yes uh so for me on a personal level what I have never compromised on that other people might be able to is sleep Mm -hmm. I cannot function without my eight hours of sleep uh you know sometimes that doesn't happen and learning you know I had a terrible sleeper for the first year uh so I did not sleep for the right 
However, uh, aside from that, I, I will not ever compromise on sleep, and I will not ever compromise on my uh, on my my child and my family time. Right, so my time with my husband, and so uh, we have to. You know, I, I set a limit to my schedule, and no matter what, I am done. I close my computer. I go home. I am there, right? Uh, for when we pick him up from daycare, have dinner, playtime, all bath time, all that stuff. Except for one day a week that I work late, and my husband takes over for that sure. stuff. I'm there, right? Um, and you know, and, and family time, and just you know, uh, time between us, right? <laughs> because absolutely working together in business all the time. It it, it, it isn't always easy, right? Yes. Um, there's there's a, a way that we had to work together to get to that point, but uh, part of it was that we uh, strictly implemented uh, some kind of ways that we make sure that we're reconnecting on a personal level. No business talk allowed, you know. Right. Whether it's date nights or just you know weekends, we're not doing anything, right? Uh, and we have the privilege now that we can say that, and it, it wasn't always like that. And to be honest, many times it isn't. There are times when, you know, my husband is up working. If we have a software update, um, all the guys, our, our programming staff like, and my husband, they're up all night long, right? right. Yeah, for a long, long time. And that's just how it is, right? But yeah. there's a give and take. There's an up and down, ebbs and flows. And do you find that by you blocking your schedule to allow you those freedoms to step outside of business and be more in your personal life. Has that affected your bottom line in any way? Absolutely. I mean, it, it uh, allows me to be, it, it allows me to take a break from the business hat, right? And be me, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and the more that I can do that, the more I can uh, actually dedicate myself and focus myself when I'm, you know, present with my patients, for example, uh, and working on my business, I know that's the time to do that, but I don't feel deprived, right? Uh, if you're working, 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 you will, it, your business will suffer because you'll always feel a lack of uh, time or a lack of this or that for your personal life. And so, you know, absolutely uh, putting those boundaries into place and scheduling that in has made a tremendous change in just my happiness, you know, and my mood and uh, my energy levels, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and the reason why I wanted to ask that is because I find and and working in a practice that I'm an associate with, they're expecting their second child as well. And now instead of taking more time away from the practice, which I feel they've earned, the husband is now stepping up to the plate and working six full days a week, and maybe getting off early on Wednesday. And I keep asking them, I say, well, at this stage where you've developed the clientele, you have the patients, don't you think you could start allowing yourself a bit more freedom to reconnect with your family, to recharge, to maybe spend a bit more time on marketing outside of the clinic instead of always hustling and treating patients? And I find that that's where people miss out a little bit is that they're so afraid to block off their time. They're so afraid to take extra days off because they're worried, well, what will happen to my patients? Will they not come back if I don't meet their every single need? And, yeah. I, and I think what you're saying is so important because if you're not able to run your business well and we're the face of our business, your patients are going to see that. If you are constantly fatigued in front of them, if you're forgetting things, if you are not able to think clearly because you're constantly worried about their schedule, not your own. 
I can't see that working out very well in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I realized actually on my maternity leave, and I think you spoke about that too in a previous podcast is, you know, I, I only took about three months off um, because, you know, the reality is that, yeah, if you take a year off, it, it is difficult, right? Yes. However, when I came back, I didn't come back full time. I came back very, very, very part time. And compacting my schedule I didn't realize how much time I was wasting prior to that. Right? I know. I didn't realize how many patients and how, much, how many things I can get done when I know that I have a child that, you know, I'm still nursing and I need to get back to that child because he has no milk. Yeah. And so I contacted <laughs> my schedule so much that I realized, wow, I am seeing quite a lot of patients and relatively, uh, you know, yes, I was, I was relatively making less money, but for the amount of time that I'm spending, the money was pretty good, sure. right? It was still quite good, but, uh, you know, had I not uh, had that maternity leave or a child, uh, I wouldn't have realized just how much time I'm wasting, mm-hmm. right? How inefficient I'm being. Yeah. Are there any other aspects of what you've learned? Because you said you weren't a business person at all. What were some of those big key eye-opening moments that you're like, man, like that makes so much sense when it comes to running a business that you can share? Oh, okay. Um, you know, this isn't a particular situation or anything, but, uh, one of the biggest lessons that uh, I had to learn is, becoming comfortable with taking risks, right? Because every time you do anything in business, uh, whether just starting a business or putting out money for something or marketing yourself and putting yourself out there in the public, right? You are taking a risk and it's scary. And, you know, most of us that don't, especially as doctors that don't have that business hat, we're not used to that, right? That's we, right. You know, and it's completely out of our comfort zone, and uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, at the beginning, you know, I was never uh, a public speaker, right? I, I, I was probably, you know, that was probably the one thing that I hated the most in school, you know, going to high school and university, that kind of thing. I hated public speaking, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I had to get out of my own way. I had to, you know, not stop caring about what other people thought of me. I had to stop caring about judgment and put myself out there. And uh, public speaking was actually my number one way that I uh, actually got clients, that I got patients, that I built my practice and my reputation was going out there and going out there and going out there and getting used to being terrified, right? And now it's different, right? I I can comfortably speak in front of a a large crowd and, and not think twice about it, but I was terrified at the beginning, right? Absolutely. So it, and the risks, not just risks related to that, there's, uh, financial risks, right? Um, that, that's also a big one that, that I've seen a lot of people is that, you know, if uh, things are, aren't going so well in their practice, you know, let's, let me get a part-time job, right? Well, you know, you're, if you get a part-time job, you're completely losing focus and then you have not as much drive, right? Mm-hmm. And I understand that sometimes you have to do what you have to do, but you need that drive in order to... You need that which, no plan B approach like what exactly. you guys had, yeah. Exactly, where there is no choice and you just need to get out there. Um, so the risk-taking, 
Honestly, uh, that was our, my biggest lesson is I need to get comfortable with this. Uh, the not knowing, the fear, the, the uh, being comfortable with being judged, all of that stuff, because those were major insecurities for me at the beginning. Uh, you know, and there's this quote that I love. I don't remember who said it. Something to do with, um, you know, being an entrepreneur is like jumping off of a cliff and building a plane all the way. Right. 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 Uh, and, and that's the thing is we didn't have a plan necessarily. Uh, I don't always, as much as we like to plan, the plan is sort of like a wish list. It doesn't always go that way. Uh, and you know, I had to learn so many times and every time something else big comes up, I really have to kind of push that ego out of the way and stop those insecurities from blocking me from going forward. Right. Does that make sense? I love everything that you've said today. You're so insightful. You're so in tune with exactly what you need. You're, it's just amazing to hear like the growth. I can just hear how much you've grown over the past five years with yourself, your confidence, your businesses. If people want to get in touch with you and ask you more questions about sort of your journey or, of course, look into SmartND, the um, software system you have, what's the best way? Uh, honestly, I, I'm kind of old school, so email, and I see old school, but email is the best way uh, to get in touch with me. So anyone, I, I provided that to you. So anyone um, wanting to get in touch with me, send me an email and we'll connect. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm always open to sharing, you know, the truth of what we go through on a day-to-day basis. I have no shame in, in sharing those failures and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So And the best website for you? Uh, probably my practice website would be um, www.awakenlife.me. Uh, and then, of course, the smartnd.ca would be for, for more of the, the software. But to get in touch with me personally, awakenlife.me. Thank you so much for being on the show, Priya. You are most welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that you're doing this kind of thing. It's such a fantastic idea to... Uh, put this out there and I think so many people would uh, tremendously benefit from this thank on you basis. so it's great keep up the amazing work I wish you the best of luck with everything that you're doing thank you so much Andrea bye girl bye so I hope that this interview has really inspired you to block your time appropriately to think about strongly working with a business coach like myself to get your business really up and running and to create some major strategies when it comes to how you continue to run your practice. Again, the worksheet for this podcast is on how you can create your beast mode time, your creative time, and hold true to that. And you can go to my website, maximizedbusiness.ca forward slash beast mode and download that right away. If you want to do a 30-minute strategy call with me, please book that in. Again, that's on my website on the tab that says strategy call. Otherwise, guys, I just love hearing from you in general. If you have questions or topics or something you want me to cover, let me know. Otherwise, take action, download the worksheet, and I'm out.